Hey there, welcome to Producer Says What. My name is Pierre Jackalone, and I am talking to you from Hopetown Sound Studio in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Welcome back. Uh, if you caught the last episode about uh, the flea microphone, uh, I mentioned that I also wanted to do an episode about my overall quest uh, to figure out uh, the balance of analog equipment in recording and mixing and uh, overall production. And, you know, this is uh, a big quest that I think everybody who does music production wrestles with to some extent. Um, I guess I guess some people, um, I know economics can dictate uh, for a lot of people um, just staying in the box as much as possible. I know they did for me for many years. Um, and, you know, the justifications there are strong. Um, you, you know, with a plug-in, with plugins, they're, they're, you know, many, many times less expensive than hard, than analog hardware. You can use multiple instances of them. Um, so, and, and then most of all, uh, the biggest selling point is that they are instantly recallable and automatable. Um, so that's a lot in the pro column for, uh, for plugins. The only problem is, um, you know, the one thing that's always been in the con column <laughs> is that the analog stuff sounded better. And um, and the problem with that is, at the end of the day, uh, sound is king. That's what we're all here for. Um, and so if you had the money, you bought the analog gear and uh, end of story. Um, but the problem is, that's not the end. Turns out that's not the end of the story. Um, and uh, and actually, there's one more factor that I didn't mention, which is there's um, e speed of use, uh, ergonomics of use. And, um, you know, the difference between having to click open a window, uh, mouse over to whatever control you want to, you know, manipulate, um, and, you know, God forbid you want to manipulate three or four different controls on a given, you know, uh, device, virtual device, mousing to each one of those, grasping, you know, awkwardly grasping a digital knob and, and you know, having to, you know, uh, the precision of getting the setting that you want. Um, you, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're doing it, it's like, yeah, oh, this isn't that bad until you compare it to um, just grabbing a, a real physical uh, knob or you know and and how much easier that is um, and then god forbid a situation again where you have multiple knobs you know like a channel strip uh, and and the difference in ease of use and speed um, between uh, uh, you know a software GUI and, and a physical uh, controller um, and you know when you're comparing uh, analog equipment to uh, to software, it's hard to know how much of the difference is the actual sound quality of the unit itself, or you know that that ergonomic difference, you know the tactile difference of being able to just grab the knob and and you know turn it to where it sounds good. And I know that um, what's always appeared to be the case for me is that for whatever reason the sound of the analog equipment it felt like it felt like the sound was the difference that made it easier to dial in and and there's no there's no arguing that it's 
much faster for me at least to dial in a sound on an analog piece of gear and they, they can be absolute equivalents it can be you know a plug-in emulation of the exact same piece of gear with exactly the same controls and i can dial in the analog one you know 10 times faster uh and in terms of like you know where i'm really happy and really settled with the sound um and the more uh you know the more there is to adjust on it you know the faster the analog version of it is so you know uh again like god forbid it's an api 560 equalizer you know with you know 12 sliders or whatever 10 sliders um you know there's a like the waves version of that is is quite good as plugins go but you know if you have the analog equivalent of that um <laughs> I mean, I can set that thing in, in seconds and, and be really happy with the results. Um, so, um, so these are all issues uh, around those differences. And uh, since, since the last, uh, well, not the, not the podcast about the microphone, but since the last podcast before that, which in October, um, we took delivery of um, an API box console. Um, I, I can't begin to say how frustrating it is that they named this thing the box <laughs> because, you know, uh, you, it makes it so much more difficult to talk about mixing in the box. Like, I don't know. I, I know they think it's cheeky or something or, I, I, you know, or the idea that this is a replacement for mixing in the computer. I don't know what their thinking was, but in the end, it's really annoying. It's really annoying because um, I want to talk about mixing in the box and not confuse anybody that I'm talking about the computer and not the console. Um, I really wish this just had a different name altogether. Um, but uh, I, I think I may refer to this as just the API console. Um, and so there's, so we don't have that confusion. When I say in the box, I mean the computer. Um, but, um, but yeah, so we took this deli delivery of this in November. Um, and it's worth mentioning, uh, give them a little plug. Uh, you know, my guy at Vintage King, um, Patrick Carpenter cut me a ridiculous deal on this. And, you know, I don't really know the guy that well. And I've bought a few things from him, including the flea. But, you know, he really hooked me up. And so, um, you know, they seem to have a, a unique relationship with API. Um, but at any rate, uh, so we got the console, got it going. Um, you know, there's things I like and things I don't uh, about it, but in general, it's 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 great. You know, and I'm very happy with it. And um, um, and the thing that really is hard to do justice to is how much the the sound is really an API console. I mean, it's you know, I've worked on larger API consoles, and and no, this doesn't have certain basic features like you know busing and, and you know buses and things like that but um but particularly if you're using api equalizers in it um but you know even if you're not just the summing it really sounds like a console it's a baby api console it's all the same parts and uh and in fact you know the, it's actually a bit of a benefit there's there's less of it you know there's less circuitry you know, so it's really just sort of the good stuff and, and, and less of, you know, getting in the way of that. Um, so it really is an amazing piece of gear. And it's, it's hard to do justice to that, you know, to how much it has that, you know, that big analog, 
you know, sounding like an album, you know, like pro sound to it. Um, and uh, I, I think an interesting comparison is, um, you know, um, one of my uh, clients, uh, a great uh, blues artist, uh, Paul Bode, uh, has l purchased and left uh, a Rupert Neve Orbit, uh, which uh, here, which is a rack uh, summing module. Um, it has 16 channels. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a really, that's a really interesting piece too. And I've certainly been very curious about uh, the Rupert Neve products um, for summing. Uh, and um, it's interesting. Uh, <coughs> they do, you know, they do a thing where they have um, these sort of different flavors of transformer uh, sounds uh, that you can switch between um, that maybe affect the low end differently than the high end. And, um, and that's interesting. It's good. But I would say, at least for the Orbit, and I don't know that this applies to, like, you know, his consoles, like not to 5088 or something like that, but, um, but at least for this unit uh, that I've had a chance to work with, um, it feels much more like you're processing the audio through a processor. <laughs> you know, like the transformer sound is good. It's, it's, a, it's a nice sound, but it, it really feels like, like you're painting a sound onto you know, the tracks, you know, like as if you were running it through a very colorful compressor or something. And, you know, you can, you can tune it, you can adjust it so you're not hitting it so hard and you're getting less of it, but it's, you know, it's a good sound. You, you figure as long as you're using it, you might as well use more. Um, but it's this very specific color, you know, and um, whereas the API, uh, to get that specific you know, a color, you have to drive the hell out of it. And at normal operating levels, it it's not, like you still get this big console thing, you get this incredible low end, you know, that's, you know, but something about it, like it feels natural. Like it feels like, oh, this is the way things just should sound. And um, and like it's weird without it, as opposed to it sounding like a process that you put on it. I don't know if I'm describing that well, but um, in, in a way, it just feels it's it's more natural. Um, but but if you're looking to to create some deep color, it's less than 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 the Neve. Um, so the interesting thing I think would be to mix and match them depending on your needs. You know, so like the Neve might be particularly cool on guitars or something like that. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some of that actually. Uh, uh, I'm a little limited because uh, I have 32 outputs from my Lynx Aurora and converter and uh, 24 of them are going directly into the line inputs on the API. So of the eight that are left, I need two for the speakers. So I have six to play with. Um, yeah, that's enough to do some guitar stems. Um, so I, 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 I very well may be doing that. Um, but I'm thinking uh, it would be nice in the future to maybe get a few more uh, to get another interface and do an aggregate uh, in the Mac and have some more to play with in terms of other colors, you know, um, to have like the Neve summing color and, and maybe even a different one. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, Chandler makes an incredible summing mixer, too. But uh, so anyway, that's a thought. 
Um, but it's an interesting distinction between the two. Um, and I, I, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the API is a console, you know, um, and you, it just sounds like a console. It sounds, you know, it sounds like a big, you know, uh, you know, a big analog console, which is awesome, by the way, I, I'm, I'm really in love with that. Um, so anyway, uh, let's get back to, uh, you know, the quest, the story. So the console arrives. And, um, and, you know, the reason I bought it really was because, uh, you know, I'd built up enough analog equipment at this point that I was starting to use it in mixing um, on individual, like, external inserts in the DAW. Um, and most DAWs have that ability where you can um, designate an external ins insert and, and assign inputs and outputs on your interface to it. And, and name it, and, and so I was doing that. Um, and, you know, it's awkward, you know, and, and then particularly trying to use it, um, you know, uh, for master processing, you know, for, uh, you know in, in the course of mixing, like the whole thing becomes, you know, pretty awkward. So uh, the idea of getting an analog mixer uh, was, you know, primarily uh, to have a hub, you know, to you know, so I could run all this analog equipment through it. Um, I've always been dubious about summing in general. Uh, not that I thought it didn't do anything, but I just don't think it does what people think it does. You know, like, like the actual blending together of the tracks, uh, I fervently believe does nothing. Um, and I've had some backup for that uh, from people that are pretty knowledgeable about analog equipment. Um, it's really what happens is uh, in the process of of actually doing the summing, you know, you, you have a level drop, um, and you know uh, the um, the resulting stereo output, uh, you know, is 20, 30 dB down, and then it has to go through um, amplifiers to come back up to line level, essentially mic pre's, and. Um, and in fact, there are some very early summing mod modules. Uh, well, there was one in particular, uh, Fulcrum, was it? Uh, I think that was the name of it, uh, which where you, it, it purposely left out those preamps so that you could add your own, uh, which was interesting. And you could get different flavors that way. Uh, but that speaks to how much, you know, the, the sound of quote unquote summing is really all about that amplifier stage and, and what transformers you had in those amplifiers. Like that that's where it's coming from. And you could pretty much get that just by running, if you wanted to, just like running a mix, you know, through, you know, through a bunch of really, you know, a couple of really nice transformers. And um, before I got the board, you know, I was running mixes through the Fern VT7. You know, it's beautiful boutique, you know, tube um, compressor with gorgeous custom transformers and the inputs and outputs and, and, you know, I, I was listening to examples online of like, you know, the Rupert Neve, uh, you know, not the Orbit, but the, the larger one, the, um, uh, they call it the satellite, I forgot the number, the 5057, I think it's called. And, you know, the results that people were getting, it's not that they weren't making a difference, but they didn't sound better, you know, than what I was getting just running it through the fern, you know, a whole mix through the fern. It sounded very similar, actually, um, you know, maybe without the compression. But, um, you know, so I was never very moved to get a summing console. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I lean toward the API, um, because 
the API was more than just a summing console. It was it's a, it's a mixing console, um, and it even has like the left side of the board is even set up for recording. Um, not a lot, you know. There's eight channels in the in the newer version. Um, the fact that the left side of the first version of the API console was only four channels really made me dismiss the whole thing. It was like this is not a serious you know tool. Um, but when the, in the in the version two, I believe that came out in two thousand seventeen or eighteen, um, they they expanded it to eight channels and they made some other changes and it, and it really made it a much more attractive piece. Um, and if you start adding up the value of what's in this thing, um, you know, eight mic preamps, uh, stereo five twenty seven compressor. Um, and then all the summing inputs and everything else, it starts to, the price starts to really make sense in it. Um, anyway, so uh, I got the console, um, hooked it all up, you know, all the analog gear, and, you know, was, you know, gleefully dove into doing, you know, my first analog mix. Um, and because you know, I ran into issues and I made YouTube videos about this of like, there's no busing. So how do you make a, Like if I want to make a drum bus to do parallel compression, how do you do that? And I figured, I figured out how to do that. Um, and basically I was using the Q bus, you know, the Q sends, um, to send to a compressor and, um, and then come back in through the insert returns of, of, you know, one of the summing channels. Um, and that worked great. Yeah, you know, it was fantastic. Uh, and I immediately realized that I needed to have an outboard reverb if I was going to mix like that uh, because I don't want drums hitting the reverb before I've done all the processing in the mix. So I got a Lexicon you know, uh, PCM92, uh, very nice outboard reverb. Um, and, you know, that's all great. The first project that I mixed on it... Um, happened to be a, a live recording uh, of an artist that records here and and you know I, I, I go out and I play with him uh, occasionally <laughs> um, on and this particular gig that was recorded I was playing keys on it um, and this had been recorded to uh, through uh, through I should say um, a Midas 32 console digital uh, live console individual tracks to logic um, and, uh, I'm not clear whether, you know, how much, if any, uh, processing from the Midas console was actually printed. I would hope none. Um, they didn't sound terribly, uh, processed. Um, uh, but in general, the sound quality was pretty good. It was very clean. Um, you know, what you would expect from just a digital console, uh, and, and because of that, it was a great candidate for analog mixing. Like it just, you know, all these tracks really loved being warmed up by all this analog gear. And because it was a live thing, you know, it wasn't a situation where you know, the artist or anybody else was going to get really persnickety about like, oh, have you know, this guitar has to be 0.10 dB, you know, louder, whatever. It was just, you know, make it feel good, make it feel live, and and go. And that's what we did. And it was great, you know. The mix was fant mixes were fantastic. It sounds awesome. It, you know, it did everything it was supposed to do. A lot of fun. Um, but you know, the, when the next project came up, that was more you know your typical studio situation. 
it, it was sort of like Wiley e. Coyote running into you know the the the, <laughs> the face of the rock that was that had a tunnel painted on it, you know, of like okay, um, you know, what about recall and <laughs> yeah, what about recall? Um, so th- you know, the problem is that almost no artist that's doing studio work uh, is going to be able to just sign off on a mix like in the old days and and just be like it's done here you go and you know i think it's a it's one thing when there were no other choices when there were no options and and it was like this is just life you know uh you have an analog you know tape deck and an analog mixer and whatever your mix is it's what you got to live with and 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 when that was the case what you would do is do you know many many mix versions just in case you know People would print, you know, uh, six different versions with a vocal up a dB, down a dB, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I once edited uh, an entire album just switching between different vocal level takes. You know, um, you know, the producer spent 40 hours editing, you know, just different vocal level mixes, you know, that had been done analog. Um, so that used to be the way things were done. But now, you know, uh, every artist is accustomed to having mixes saved. They're accustomed to being to having a week or two to listen to it and to come back with changes. Um, and you know, and, and so I was in this position of like, you know, telling artists like, "Hey, you got to listen to this like right now. <laughs> I need to know by tomorrow morning if you have any changes because you know I have to free up the gear for the next project." And uh, either that or try to actually document and recall everything which is just it's just not an option with with 24 channels it's crazy uh, and mastering processing and the whole thing it's just you know you're talking about way too much work um and and not only that but like let's say you're down for the work it still doesn't come back exactly the same ever you know um Although it did give me a whole new appreciation for why API made the gains on all of their equalizers stepped. Yeah, I used to think that was just crazy. Like, you know, how can you possibly get exactly the right setting, you know, with 2 dB increments, you know, uh, on and gain? But when you start talking about having to recall 24 of them, how could you ever do it if they weren't stepped? You know, like it really, I think that's really where the, their heads were at with that. Um, and it's a lot more understandable now uh, from that perspective. But, you know, like some of my favorite equalizers are, are my BAE, you know, Neve style 70, you know, 1073 style uh, EQs, and all the gains are, are variable on that. And, and you know, if you breathe on them, they sound radically different, you know, and they're great in terms of being able to really dial in exactly the right sound, but they're terrible in terms of ever having to get it back that way, you know. Um, it's, it's never exactly the same. So... Um, so recall, you know, is a really is a big issue, um, and you know, um, so immediately it's you know I'm, I'm running into this problem. I'm trying to come up with solutions, and, and I'm printing tracks and, and you know things that I'd really rather not be doing. So what 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 came up pretty quickly was um, that there's a new product, relatively new product, um, by um, SSL uh, called the UC1, and um, they actually released uh, together uh, a 
one box that's that's fader control uh, called a UF8, and uh, and then this other one called the UC1 that's that's a plug-in controller. And to to date to net, to this moment, I don't feel like I really have a need for a fader controller box. I used to have the Mackie system. Barely ever used the faders. Um, the most I ever really used that thing for was was having, you know, was the play and record, the, the transport. <laughs> and I can do that on an iPad, so I really don't need that. Um, but the plug-in controller, um, the interesting part about that was, um, you know, uh, I already had, basically with this system, you get a physical box that has, or console, you know, small, but uh, that has... Uh, a full SSL channel strip in physical knobs and buttons, you know, on it. Um, and so it's all the equalizers and filters on the left and all the dynamics, you know, the, the compressor and the gate on the right. And then in the middle, there's the controls for the classic SSL bus compressor. And at the bottom of the middle is the ability to, uh, you know, dial from channel to channel and and to dial up presets and things like that. Um, and you know, this always looked pretty interesting uh, to me, uh, just in concept. But uh, I had already in my possession um, the the plugin for the bus compressor when SSL first released uh, these the two plugins that you get with that system, which is the channel strip and the bus compressor, they originally put these, uh, just the, just the plugins out before the hardware controller you know, a couple of years ago. And I, I, somehow I got the bus compressor when it first came out dirt cheap. I think I paid $25 for it. And the first version of this software was not incredibly impressive. It was okay. You know, it wasn't better than anybody else's. I already had, you know, Universal Audio's um, version of a SSL G series bus compressor, and and um, you know, Plugin Alliance. Uh, they have a townhouse thing that's very nice. Um, so it didn't really win over those. But when they did the version two of the software, it was specifically designed to go with this hardware, and it really was a brand new push, and. Um, and the price shot shot up on these on these on on the software, and they basically made the price out of reach. The idea being to force people to buy the hardware. So, like if you like the, if you buy the whole system with the controller and the two plugins, it's eight fifty or eight ninety nine or something like that. Either plugin by itself without the controller is like three twenty five. Um, so you know nobody's going to do that. They're gonna they're only ever going to buy the whole system. But what they did do is they allowed anybody that had the version one of either of the plugins to upgrade for free to version two. Very smart on their part. So it was free, so I did it. And lo and behold, uh, it was fantastic. You know, like the, the upgrade was tremendous. And the funny thing about it was that um, I had a hardware uh, clone of an SSL bus compressor made by Audioscape. And um, I was using it. I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was, you know, it was sort of helping a little. It, it wasn't really doing the kind of glue of the mix that SSL bus compressors are really known for. I felt like, I felt like it was emphasizing uh, like 4K, which is designed to sort of bring a snare to pop out of a mix. But like the attack of the snare 
whereas we, you know the actual SSL that it was modeled after, I feel like it was a little meatier. Like I feel like it's it was more like a you know four to eight hundred or something that it was emphasizing, and um, you know, and and so. I wasn't, you know, like I don't feel like I, I don't want a compressor that's emphasizing 4K. Uh, so what became immediately evident uh, was that the the plugin that SS the new SSL plugin the, their new version two of the bus compressor plugin I liked better than the hardware that I had, and and that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Um, and I'm sorry to AudioScape, but uh, it's true. Uh, I love everything else I own by you, but that one, uh, I ended up selling that unit because um, uh, I just liked the plugin better. And the fact that I really liked that plugin and was using it um, led me to sort of give a deeper look at the overall system. Uh, and, you know, all the reviews were extremely positive and people, you know, were really raving about, um, you know, the pitch, which is, hey, this is an analog workflow. You've got physical knobs, and um, and they really put all you know all the level uh, feedback on the unit itself. So you really don't have to use the mouse, and you're not looking at the screen anymore. And it really feels like hardware. Um, and so you know, I said, screw it. Let me try it. <laughs> I don't have another solution to this problem. You know that I'm having with mixes and recall. So I bought it. And, and this is pretty recent. And you know what SSL would like you to do with this system is to just to put the channel strip on all your channels, and um, you know, and your bus, uh, the bus compressor on your main outputs or whatever buses you're using, drum buses, and uh, and then they have their own software where you can actually see all your channel strips in a row as if it was an SSL console, which sounds cool in theory. Honestly, it, I, you know, it's all too small. I can't really see it. It doesn't really help me that much. Um, the, the bus compressor in that software, I mean, that actually I find rather helpful. Um, but, um, but in general, still, the system is pretty cool. Um, I did a little, you know, uh, I was hopeful about the um, the channel strip sounding as good as the bus compressor, and it does. And uh, I was really impressed with it, actually. Um, and overall, uh, it delivers everything it's intended to, and, and everything that they sell it with, it, it does. Um, you know, uh, it does have an analog workflow feel to it. Uh, it is amazing to put the mouse down, take your eyes off the screen, and just be working with this, you know, unit. Um, you know, you, you, you start working on a channel and, you know, just the, there's something to the workflow of having, you know, physical knobs and buttons right in front of you and you just burn right through, you know, the, the filters and the EQs and the, and, and the dynamics. And, um, and, you know, it's really hard for me to pinpoint uh, exactly, you know, what's making the biggest difference there. But, um, but there's something to uh, physically turning a knob until it sounds, until the sound is right that's different than doing it on a screen. And, um, 
And not only that, but quickly going back and forth, you know, uh, so you, know, you might set the EQ and then be adjusting the compressor, which changes the, you know, the equalization. So you go back and you make your EQ changes. All of that happens so fast, you know, and you. Uh, the difference for me is that like, I feel like I'm working at my cognitive speed, not the speed at which I can mouse, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's, and you know, I, I think you can't understate what a huge difference that makes. Now, um, a, a distinction between that and actual analog hardware is uh, what's not different is that thing where um, I, th I think because of uh, additional phase um, artifacts, phase shift, in actual analog equipment, it takes a lot less usually uh, in terms of like cut and boost and uh, equalization um, on analog, actual analog equipment to get the same effect. So, so you know, um, 3 dB, um, you know, with a Q of 1.2 at, at whatever, you know, at 800 um, is going to be uh, the equivalent in analog of like 6 dB of the same thing on a, on a digital interface. That's always been the case. Digital EQ always needed more, um, you know, to, to, get the, to get a similar sound. Um, and that's also true of, of this uh, system. But, you know, so what? It's again, like you're, you're turning knobs until they sound good. You know, and it's weird because like uh, you, know, you do get real time feedback on on you know on the, the on the numbers on on like you know the gain the cut and boost, but on the actual knob itself, like there aren't printed numbers. There's just lights, and so it is easy to not look at the numbers and just turn the knob until it sounds right and you know and then sort of look at what you've done you know on the number uh and that's that's an interesting way to actually go about it um again it's more ears you know less eyes um and that's i that's definitely a positive um so you know i got this thing right away notice the difference um now for me uh i'm trying to get the both the best of uh, all worlds here. So uh, what I'm doing is uh, I'm putting these plugins on on groups uh, in the DAW, and and then outputting um, you know 24 stems to uh, to the API. So I'm still doing analog summing, uh, despite everything I said about summing. Um, and um, and not only that, but um, the API has this feature uh, where you can bypass the faders, and, and you just press a button, and you get uh, unity gain on the input to that channel. And you know, at first blush, it was like, well, uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to use that because you're not pushing the console, you're not really getting every you know last drop out of this console, but you know, the idea with this system is I want full recall. I don't want to be memorizing fader positions. You know, I want fast, 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 be able to close down, open up, you know, uh, projects. And, um, you know, so I'm, I find myself using the, the, the fader bypass, actually. And then, you know, what, what, you, what you also get is uh, so that I'm going into the master bus, the program bus on, on the API console and um and i i find i am using the built-in 527 analog compressor that they have in the master bus 
Not too much to recall there. And then I am using also the master insert. And I'm putting, you know, some of my choice analog gear on on that. Uh, and that's like, I'll put the Fern compressor and the Audioscape um, Poltec EQs. And then finally, the, um, you know, I have uh, the Chandler Curvebender Mastering EQ. Um, that's like the Abbey Road EQ. Um, so of of those three units and and the one and the compressor that's built in the console and and that's it and um, you know so that's what I have to recall basically and what I you know what I found is um, there's a there's an app for your phone called Patch Rat um, that normally works on a subscription basis but if you buy even one piece of gear from Audioscape they have a deal with Patch Rat and you get the subscription for free. Um, and so, so I have that and patch rat has literally like every piece of gear. Like not only does it have the fern and, and all the audioscape stuff and, 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 and the, uh, Chandler, but it even has the different sections of the box console broken out. So I can have just the compressor in one piece and I can even have, um, there's a, there's a master fader, you know, um, component. So uh, not only can I have all these p pieces, but I can have them in the order. So like I, I can I can start with, you know, the uh, the 527 compressor, then the Fern, then the Poltec, then you know, then the Chandler, then the Master Fader on the API, um, and you know I can save it as a template. Uh, you know, so I have a new artist. Just, you know, uh, save that template to their folder. And uh, sorry about the airplane noise. I'm in my control room. Um, and you can hear stuff from outside. But um, but at any rate, uh, you know, for stereo gear, I'm only I'm only documenting one side because I know I'm just copying it on the other side. It's really fast. You know, it takes me like under a minute, you know, a minute or two to like document everything, or God forbid, recall it is even faster. Um, and you know, so it's really it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's really fast and it's easy. And uh, so you're looking at the overall mix chain of um, I'm using, you know, these SSL plugins uh, almost exclusively. You know, I mean, I could use other ones, of course, but, you know, I'm really trying to give this system, you know, a chance to do its thing. Um, and uh, so I'm using the SSL plugins. I'm going out of buses. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll kick, so my three kick mics or whatever it is will go to the kick, you know, the two snare mics go to snare, so on and so forth. I'll have 24 buses, and that will include, you know, a drum group and also a bus of all the effects inside the box, inside the computer. Um, you know, uh, and that'll go to my, you know, 24 line inputs on, on the API. You know, I'll get whatever benefit there is from the summing and then all the analog, you know, the processing on the master channel. And then I'll go back into a, um, to, uh, you know, a stereo input on the DAW and hit uh, a, a peak limiter, you know, um, there. And, and, that, that, and that's what I'll be printing, you know. And, so, and then what I'll do is I'll be monitoring the output of that on one of the two-track inputs on the API. Uh, and so that's how I hear like the final you know, process that way. Um, and it works great. And you know, it's, 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 really, it's a really fast recall. It sounds fantastic. Um, the SSL stuff, I mean, you know, I've done a little work on actual SSLs and I hear other people working on their SSLs. 
and it really sounds amazing. Um, you know, but at the same time, I also get the benefit of summing in the API, and um, and you know, uh, in addition to you know whatever circuitry, you know, the um, the famous API you know, twenty five twenty um, op amps, and you know, in addition to all of that in the line inputs. Um, the uh, you know the inserts are all uh, transformer balanced, uh, so the so the that main insert that I'm running through um, is hitting that as well, um, and then there's you know the beauty of all the gear that I'm hitting there too. You know, uh, at the end of the day, it's it's really amazing. Like I feel like there's like the SSL sound, but with the bigness of the API console, um, and it's amazing. Uh, you know, I personally I find. The stuff that I hear that comes out of studios that you know that have a big SSL, a real SSL, they tend to, you know, they're they're recording and mixing through the same console. For my taste, it tends to be too much of SSL. Like the color gets too, you know, uh, too extreme in that one regard. You know, and. You know, I mean, SSLs are awesome, but um, but it, it it becomes a signature, you know, and um, and I feel like I'm listening to the console almost more than the music, um, and uh, so this system really does for me. It avoids that where I I really get the benefits that I hear in SSL processing, um, which is you know a lot of control, um, you know, with the channel processing. Um, and you get that glue, which frankly, uh, I think it's a misnomer that that only comes from the bus compressor. I really don't think it does. Uh, I think if all you have is the SSL bus compressor, you're not going to get that quote unquote SSL sound. I think that's a result of the whole thing. I think, you know, that's the channel processing, you know, that's the, that's the bus compressor. That's the transformers in, in the, you know, the main bus. Um, it's the whole thing. So, um, I feel like you know I'm getting that, but not too strong a flavor, and then the bigness of the API. I, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I really am thrilled. Like it's I I couldn't have you know I I, I kind of feel like I stumbled into the solution, but it's amazing and I love it. And and you know and the more time I'm spending with it, again I've only had the SSL thing for a couple of weeks. Um, one of the things I figured out pretty quickly, though, is that um, if you want to implement all of the um, sidechain capabilities that are built into the SSL system, uh, it, they, they, tend, they kind of hide them a little bit, um, and it's a little annoying. I, I made a YouTube video where I really go into depth of describing how to access it all. Um, and it's not long. It's like six minutes. But I highly recommend if you buy this system... Uh, checking that out, it'll save you a little bit of time. Like I looked around, there's no videos that even by by SSL or anyone else that that delve into that. And even the manual is very you know unclear about how to access everything. Uh, you know, I think the big point is um, you know there's uh, there's presets on that you can access um, with a data encoder on the controller itself that can reorder uh, the processors so you can put you know the filters last or first or the EQs after the compressors whatever and with that there's also uh, you know you can there's choices that indicate different sidechain schemes but there's nothing on the physical controller 
that makes up for what's on the plugin itself, which is on the plugin, there's just, you know, three buttons and you can just choose, like, you know, I want the side chain to come from the filters, the EQ, or external. And that kind of straightforward choice isn't on that I found so far on, on, the, on the actual controller. You have to go to the plugin for that. Um, and, um, and, you know, if you do the external, then you have to also, you know, then you're into your DAW, you know, like each, each DAW implements uh, side chaining differently. Uh, with VST and I think with AAX, um, it's all there at the top of the window uh, for the plugin window. Uh, where you you know you, one of the buttons chooses the source of the side chain, the other one activates the side chain, um, and you know uh, th that actually is the same for uh, a lot of uh, channel strip plugins, like the uh, the, um, the the plugin alliance um, stuff, uh, the SSL channel strips that plugin alliance makes work exactly the same way, um, and it's big, man, it's a big deal, like uh, you know the the, the the kick and and bass thing, you know, if you can, you know, if you can trigger the compressor on your bass off of the kick, you really get a, you know, you really get a different thing, and it helps a lot. It's you know, you're you're losing out if you don't do it really, and um, you know, and you can also, but you can also assign the uh, the trigger to the EQs for DSing a vocal. You know, it's all the reasons why you would use side chaining at all. Um, so um, if you exploit all of that, you really get everything there is to offer out of the system. And then it's incredible. Um, you know, and I really love it. I, I, I do wish uh, the other major console manufacturers would do the same thing. I wish there was an API version of this and then an Eve version of this. Um, and uh, maybe they will, you know, at some point. But uh, somebody asked me on, on YouTube comments if I thought this would be uh, too limiting, uh, or maybe it was Instagram, but, uh, you know, to only have this SSL flavor. But I guess, you know, I mean, <laughs> how can I know now? You know, right now I love it, and it's great. Maybe, maybe I'll get, you know, bored of it or whatever. But, I, you know, I think for me, like, I'm... I have the ability to use a lot of different flavors when I'm recording with the analog equipment. And not only that, but um, the fact that it's the SSL, you know, plugins, which are probably, yeah, they're not quite as heavy a sound, uh, a footprint, an audio footprint as the analog equivalents anyway to begin with. And then I'm taking that, I'm only using it on the mix side. I'm not tracking through SSL equipment. Uh, and I'm also then summing in API, you know, and I'm using this this master bus processing again. That none of which is SSL. Really, like it's I don't get that overwhelming SSL flavor. As a matter of fact, like right now at least, I'm loving it. Like it's just enough, you know. It's uh, you know, it feels like the perfect amount, you know. Like I feel like I'm getting like that signature control that SSL is so good at um, without it being, you know, too, too heavy, you know, uh, a sound. So, um, you know, right now it's great. And, and I'm just going to ride that, you know, and see how far it takes me. Um, the nice thing is, uh, you know, I'm operating in the, in the computer. I can, 
you know, I can always throw a different plugin on it or, or a different one after it if I want to um, and spice things up that way if I really feel I need to. Um, but I'll tell you this, uh, I was expecting that to be the case, that like how can this possibly, you know, how can just this one channel strip plugin and this one bus compressor, you know, do everything I need it to do? I'm amazed so far, at least in the first few mixes, I've done three or four mixes so far uh, with this stuff, at the diversity that it's been able to handle and handle really, really well. Um, you know, it's, uh, and something about the plugging, you know, the controller too, and the physical buttons and knobs and everything like that, it, you know, it's made me use more of it, you know, than I ever did before with an SSL channel strip plugin. You know, I, I'm being much more careful about, you know, when I'm using fast attack and, and when I'm, you know, when I'm using, um, you know, peak over, you know, inst uh, instead of RMS compression and all these, you know, details that matter a lot, actually. And if you get them all correct, it really makes a difference in the overall picture. The, the controller does encourage me, at least, to be more careful about all that stuff and, and really get it all right. Um, and I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing like things like using the expander more than I ever did. And it's just, you know, cleaning up tracks more. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's, you know, it's great in that way. Um, anyway, um, so I, again, I wanted to share that this really fun place in the journey. So much of this journey is frustrating and, and not having answers and, and seeking answers um, to be actually be at a place where I feel like I have found answers and I'm happy is special. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so I definitely, um, you know, the combination I have going right now is just awesome. Please, uh, you know, talk back to me, reach out to me, ask me questions if you like, uh, send me your comments. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to be much more active on YouTube. Um, so look for Hopetown Sound on YouTube. We have our own channel. Um, actually, uh, at Hopetown Sound is our handle on all social media, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, even Tumblr, um, Twitter. Um, so definitely, um, you know, subscribe and, and hit me up and, and uh, let's have the conversation and see where you're at and the decisions you're making and, and you know let's let's share as much as we can because um, it's all about just making the best music and and you know trying to trying to make that as much fun as possible okay uh be safe everybody take care and uh talk to you soon <laughs>